Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you this day, morning, noon, or night, uh, to pray with us. And uh, we, this congregation of prayer is a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. You can join us each morning at about 9 a.m., plus or minus, and, uh, and pray together this way. Of course, you're always encouraged, um, especially if you can't join us live, or, um, or if you prefer uh, a little what, I don't know, a less recorded version, <laughs> I guess. Um, you can use the same congregation prayer guide and use it in your own home and your daily devotions. That's what we do at home. Uh, the children don't watch me on video. They they get to hear me pray uh, with them. Uh, and you can do the same with your family as well. All right. Um, but not everybody is uh, blessed with such a situation and to be gathered together with family, to sing together and that sort of thing. So this would be a, uh, well, a helpful way to do it. Of course, um, as a congregation then as well, that we pray together. All right. Thanks to everybody who came out yesterday to uh, Walt's funeral at two o'clock. That was uh, really a joy and to have so many. I know we didn't exactly plan for as many, um, but that's fine. The Lord provided. And uh, with the meal I'm re- referring to there. And thanks to everybody who uh, last minute set up more tables and chairs. That was that was also delightful. Um, to have the choir from Lutheran High come and sing um, was also a joy. And uh, to hear uh, a good sermon from, from Pastor Marks, also a delight. So... Uh, again, thanks for that. I'm, I know that Ruth really appreciated uh, your prayers and support and uh, voices lent in that song, in that service. All right, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Prayer Psalm for the week, Psalm 50. The Mighty One, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth. From the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes, he does not keep silence. Before him is a devouring fire, around him a mighty tempest. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me my faithful ones who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. Hear, O my people. And I will speak, O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God your God. Not for your burnt sac- not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills, and all that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness are mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving, and perform your vows to the Most High, and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. But to the wicked, God says, What right have you to recite my statutes or take my covenant on your lips? For you hate discipline, and you cast my words behind you. If you see a thief, you are pleased with him, and you keep company with adulterers. You give your mouth free rein for evil, and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother and You slander your own mother's son. These things you have done, and I have been silent. You thought that I was one like yourself, but now I rebuke you and lay the charge before you. 
Mark this then, you who forget God, lest I tear you apart and there be none to deliver. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. To one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Okay, memory verse. As the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Matthew 24, verse 27 and 44. Catechism, Lord's Prayer, fourth petition, give us this day our daily bread. What does this mean? God certainly gives daily bread to everyone without our prayers, even to all evil people. But we pray in this petition that God would lead us to realize this and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. What is meant by daily bread? Daily bread includes everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. Realized I wanted to share something with you. So, um, our first reading today is from Leviticus chapter 26, beginning in verse 40. But if they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers with their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me, and that they also have walked contrary to me, and that I also have walked contrary to them and have brought them into the land of their enemies, if their uncircumcised hearts are humbled and they accept their guilt, then I will remember my covenant uh, with Jacob and my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham. I will remember, I will remember the land. The land also shall be left empty by them and while and will enjoy its Sabbaths while it lies desolate without them. They will accept their guilt because they despise my judgments and because their soul abhorred my statutes. Yet for all of that, when they are in the land of their enemies, I will not cast them away, nor shall I abhor them to utterly destroy them and break my covenant with them, for I am the Lord their God. But for their sake, I will remember the covenant of their ancestors, whom I brought out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the nations, that I might be their God. I am the Lord. So you'll note here, um, I was going to share with you what Dr. Kleinig has to say about about this text. He wrote an, uh, really the excellent commentary. Uh, it's been a long time since I've taught Leviticus, but um, actually I don't know if I've ever taught it verse by verse. That would be, it's really a magnificent book. Um, I, I know it seems veiled or um, unapproachable, but Dr. Kleinig, as a, uh, a way of entry, provides an excellent um, insights into, and what's, into what's going on there uh, through the liturgical rites that God appoints. Uh, in particular here, this is the end of the book, and uh, it's promises and warnings. You'll note that um, in every way that Israel um, acts, God responds uh, in justice, that is, uh, with equal intensity and in punishment. So if they don't listen, then he won't listen to them. If um, you still not will not listen, then I will discipline you seven times for your sins. This is all earlier in the chapter. If you walk contrary to me and are unwilling to listen, then I'll strike you seven times, etc. All right. So it just goes back and forth. And of course, uh, what what do they have in mind here is the um, well, the exile that we've been hearing about uh, in Ezekiel from uh, Babylon, right in Babylon, where the land is la- laid fallow. All right. Um, listen to what he has to say. In this passionate address to the Israelites, God outlined his policy for them as his holy people. He went beyond all ritual and moral laws that he had given to them in Leviticus 1, uh, chapter 1 through verse chapter 25, so that they could share in his holiness. 
He looked forward to their residence in in the land and in a series of promises and threats outlined how he intended to interact with them there as their God. In this address, he made a foundational declaration of his will for them in the land of Israel. It set out the basis for his dealings with them in the land. He did not leave them in the dark about what to expect from him there, but gave them his word to disclose the terms of their association and interaction. He set out how he would treat them and why. In his promises, he lists benefits that they would receive from him if they worshipped him as he had ordained. In his threats, he listed the troubles they would experience if they failed to worship him as he ordained. All right, uh, let's skip to where he deals with what we read here. Since God has, I was committed to them as their God, he would not break his covenant with them, nor would he overlook their sin that threatened their survival as his people. So right from the beginning at Mount Sinai, he told them that he, how he would deal with them. He punished them for their sins, according to the severity of their sins. By these punishments, he disciplines and corrects them. Like a loving father who resorted to physical punishment when his child failed to heed his warnings, God threatened to bring disasters on them in the land. He disciplined them to bring them back to the right worship of him. But if they did not heed his acts of discipline, he turned them against them in his wrath and drove them from his land. His aim in all this was to humble their proud hearts so that they would confess their sins and accept their punishment. Verse 41. Even though God reacted personally to the obedience and disobedience of his people, their behavior ultimately did not determine his relationship with them and his treatment for them. Instead, his own fidelity to his own word was the determining factor. His attitude to them was determined by the two covenants that he had made with them. On the one hand, his covenant with Abraham was irrevocable. When his people sinned and abused the land, they forfeited the blessing of that covenant. They were no longer able to be fruitful and live in the land. But God never annulled his covenant with them. He would never exterminate his people, verse 44. That was the one unshakable foundation for his people, the basis of their faith and hope in him that God would always remember his covenant, verse 42, and act to maintain it. Thus, the sin of Israel could not annul God's covenant with Abraham. On the other hand, God also remained committed uh, to Israel by virtue of his covenant with them on Mount Sinai. He rescued them from slavery in Egypt so that he could uh, be their God by residing with them. That was the goal of his covenant at Sinai. It was also the goal of all his dealings with them. It is the purpose of this admonition in Leviticus 26, the commandments in verses 1 through 2, the blessings in verses 3 through 13, and the threats of verses 14 to 33, and the promise of restoration for his penitent people, verses 34 to 45. His policy for them was based on his commitment to them as their God. All right, And then, um, as Dr. Kleinig does so well, he um, shows that this is our life as Christians um, in Christ, that it's fulfilled in Christ. That's the aspect of Leviticus that I think is often lacking. Same with the with our teaching from the Psalms. How is this Psalm confessed by Christ, fulfilled in Christ? Um, so I won't share that with you now, but that uh, that's the punchline, is how all the promises, threats and punishments of Leviticus and uh, the promised restoration is fulfilled ultimately in Jesus. Um, which I believe is also what uh, Zechariah sang of in his Benedictus, which is what we're going to look at today. So, um, Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 67. Now his father Zecharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, 
to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. So the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the days of his manifestation to Israel. All right. A lovely canticle of the church. Um, unfortunately, because um, we've limited ourselves to divine service and that we've only celebrated the sac. now that we celebrate the sacrament of the altar, um, according to the, uh, well, really the historic practice of not only the Lutheran church, um, but really the church Catholic, that every Lord's Day is a day for the sacrament. Uh, we've lost the prayer offices that would usually have been prayed surrounding uh, the divine service. So uh, matins to begin the day, um, and then vespers to uh, end the Sabbath, or any day for that matter. Those are prayer offices that you could pray at home, of course. Uh, these canticles find their place there. And um, coming up uh, next week, um, an antiphon for the Magnificat, which is the canticle for vespers, um, is um, are the are the stanzas of that turned into the hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Each of those stanzas was appointed for each day leading up to Christmas. So 17th, beginning with the 17th and forward. We'll sing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel on Sunday. Um, but the, again, the historic practice was that would be those antiphons to surround uh, the sinning of the Magnificat each day as we gather together for Vespers, for uh, afternoon prayer or evening prayer. So in any case, the Benedictus is lost to us as well, for the most part, um, because it would have been sung at, um, at Matins, um, in, in particular during the season of Advent, uh, and maybe in Lent as well, or um, alternating with the Te Deum, which is the traditional canticle for, for Matins. Or maybe you sing both. Um, so, uh, a little less familiar to us. There are, of course, other ways that we can sing, uh, sing it as one of the hymn settings. You heard um, Stephen Starkey's hymn setting uh, beforehand. And that was, um, blessed uh, be the God of Israel, right? From LSB. All right. So, um, the father, his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Um, you'll note that that happened in the context that we heard yesterday, earlier in chapter um, chapter 1 there, uh, beginning in verse mm, 57. Um, this was the, well, let's, let me give you the context exactly. Pull up my Bible here. Turn to do it from memory and it wasn't coming to me. All right, yes, so immediately after he wrote his name shall be John, Johannes, um, they all marveled and his mouth was open, his tongue loosed, and he spoke praising God. This is what he said, I, I would argue. Luke has done that before with the Magnificat, now he does it again here with the Benedictus. Right? This is what, what is inserted. All right, um, and and this is actually the canticle then that the people um, uh, respond to. You remember yesterday we heard that fear came on all those who dwelt around Zechariah and Elizabeth, and all these sayings—that's this Benedictus—were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. And those who heard them, that is the Benedictus, kept them in their hearts. That is, they committed it to memory, um, saying, "Ultimately, what child or what kind of child will this be?" Because that's what it—that's what it describes, right? Not only. Um, the child Jesus, for the most part, but also uh, the end of it being the child of Zechariah and Elizabeth, that is John the Baptist, the baptizer. Or as I argued on Wednesday, um, in the estimation of um, St. Luke, he's really John the preacher, the proclaimer, the voice, if you like. But this is how names go sometimes. We name parables um, in ways that are misleading, and we also name pe- people in ways that might be misleading. He preached repentance for the forgiveness of sins that was received in baptism. 
But uh, in any case, John the Baptist. All right. So uh, you'll note at the beginning of his song, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. That redemption, that horn of salvation that's been raised up in the house of the servant David, that's not referring to John. That has to be referring uh, to Jesus, who is of the house and lineage of David, both by way of um, his mother, um, St. Mary, but also actually by the way of his adopted father too. Um, Joseph was also of that of that tribe or house. All right. Um, and you'll note then the second uh, it's a little shorter section, beginning in verse 76 and following, describes the life and ministry of, of his son, of John the Baptist. All right. Um, the, many of the things you see in the first part are, um, well, it's interesting, right? He's, he's confessing redemption. The Lord has visited and redeemed his people as if it's present tense, already accomplished. And yet Jesus himself has not yet been born. Remember, um, John is six months older than Jesus. So there'll be, uh, you know, from June 25th to December 25th, right? We celebrate John's nativity on June 25th. But um, uh, yet, Zechariah confesses that salvation has already come, uh, even yet before it has come uh, in in terms of history. Isn't that interesting? Right? Um, In other words, just like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, David, um, and the rest, he believed in the promise, even though it had not yet um, been fulfilled, that he already, he believed the promise was being fulfilled. this is what faith actually looks like. <laughs> Again, a gift of the Holy Spirit, just as it was for Zechariah, so for us. Faith given uh, believes in the word of promise as if it's already done, even if it has not yet come to pass, right? This is um, uh, the kind of confidence that our brother Walt had in face of death and, and confessed as much um, in those in that last week or so. And when we were able to visit him, I know many of you were able to do that uh, because he had a, you know, a, a nice stay in hospice, actually, uh, about a week. Or a little less than a week. Um, the kind of quiet confidence that a Christian can have, knowing that Jesus promises um, resurrection of the body and life everlasting, and it's as good as done, right? Even before receiving it um, with our with our eyes, with our experience, yet we receive it through our ears in faith. All right, so it's as good as done. That's a great way to uh, to describe this. All right, and you'll note in verse seventy that it is done in accordance with all that was spoken by the mouth of his holy prophet. Since there's the key. Before, since the world began. Um, so here is another place, much like uh, Paul does in Colossians, where that Jesus Christ was crucified from the foundation of the world, right? That um, Christ died for sinners even before they were, even yet before the world's foundations were laid. Isn't that something? Right? And, and uh, Zechariah says the same thing. This was, Jesus is not the divine do-over. I think some people have said it that way. No, actually salvation in Christ was the purpose of um, even God making the heavens and the earth for us. That everything was done according to the foreknowledge and purpose of God from the beginning, right? All was done according to plan, if you want to put it that way, all right? Um, that's a little bit different way of thinking about what went wrong in the garden, is that God knew in his foreknowledge that Adam and Eve would sin, and so he already had promised to send his son to them. And that's why he can say that promise to them uh, in the garden of the offspring that would crush the serpent's head, promised to Eve, right? Yeah, it's a little bit timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly, um, as far as uh, uh, getting your head around the metaphysical reality of that, right? That, that God operates outside of time, um, but within time for us. But there it is. So the prophets foretold what was already true um, then by faith and now coming true um, soon by sight here for the people, um, both certainly John and, of course, his cousin Jesus. All right. So it's according to the word of the prophets. By the way, this is also uh, how the Spirit works. The Spirit, uh, especially in the New Testament church, 
The Spirit works by recalling not only the words of Jesus, the words and deeds of Jesus, which he does for the uh, apostles and evangelists, but also you'll see this in the preaching of the book of Acts, that they remember um, seemingly abstract or random texts from Scripture. So at Pentecost, um, Peter remembers the prophecy of Joel chapter 2 and says that was fulfilled at the crucifixion of Jesus. He remembers um, Psalm 16 about the Holy One not seeing corruption and says that that is a confession of Christ's resurrection. He remembers Psalm 110 um, that uh, my Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand uh, and I'll make your enemies your footstool as being um, a fulfillment of Jesus being of the house of David, but being the eternal son of David. All right. So you have that, the prophets. Then again, um, the Holy Spirit inspires Zechariah to recall the promises made to Abraham that this, we said this uh, at the conception, uh, yes, the conception of John, or the promised conception um, to Zechariah, how he did not believe um, that he would conceive in his old age, or that they would conceive in their old age. But that shouldn't be surprising. Now that he's had nine months to think about it, um, he's like, I'm sure he has now realized that he is a type of Abraham, right? And his elderly wife, Sarah, um, who conceived in their old age and a gift of a son in whom all the nations of the earth would be blessed was the promise, right? And now here he is in his old age, with the promise of a son who would prepare the way for that uh, Abrahamic blessing. Right? He's had plenty of time to, to consider God's word in the meantime. Um, also not probably being able to serve as a priest during that time either without his voice. All right. So there we have the male descendant to Abraham um, being promised. Uh, later in Luke's uh, gospel, so cha- the end of chapter 3, uh, after you have uh, what we heard for our gospel text on, on Wednesday night, um, then you have the genealogy of Jesus, according to St. Luke, which goes from, um, actually, Jesus all the way to David, by way of Abraham, and of course, um, Isaac and Jacob, and yeah, but does it in reverse order, but does um, send Jesus all the way back through Abraham and Noah, all the way to Adam, and then, of course, Son of God. All right. Um, so, keeping his promise to Abraham, and to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. So how how do Christians, how are they given, you already know the answer if you were in church on Wednesday, uh, in that extended length sermon, but the, the last uh, third or so of it dealt with this topic. How is it that we are given to serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness? All right, that is accomplished through the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name, right? So good works are a fruit of repentance. And repentance, of course, as you heard, has two parts. First, that we confess our sins, contrition, and then that we receive um, absolution, that is forgiveness from Christ um, as from God himself, or from the pastor as from Christ, that is from God himself, not doubting, but firmly believing that by it our sins are forgiven before God in heaven. So to serve God in righteousness and holiness is to serve our, our neighbor in love under the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name, right? That's the only way you can serve um, serve your neighbor in love in this world without fear, is knowing that everything um, is covered in the absolving blood of Christ. Even our good works need to be covered in that blood for them to be truly good. I think um, this is a challenge for many Christians, is that uh, we live a life of fear. Um, this was the sermon on this past Sunday, right? Is that um, fear is used to control and manipulate us, and Jesus comes actually to set us free from that fear. That's what forgiveness does. That we don't have to worry about um, pleasing our neighbors, Right, we do what's best for them. Um, we say we speak in love um, for their benefit, even with our children. Sometimes that looks harsh or disciplinarian, I suppose, especially with children. But so it is. That's that's the lovely thing to do. Um, 
And as far as the fear of failure and the fear of loss or fear of doing the wrong thing, um, this is where absolution is always um, at hand, right? And where we do fail or fall short, um, where where we sin, um, of course, that's the opportunity for that forgiveness to bring, to be brought to bear again, to cover it, right? To confess our sins and God willing to receive absolution even from those who sin against us or we've sinned against, I should say, all right? So that's the only way for holiness and righteousness um, and a life lived without fear um, all our days to be lived is under the righteousness of Christ. All right. So we are holy and righteous declared so by the blood of Jesus from the cross. And then um, the sermon from last Wednesday, we discussed this topic because we went through this, of course. The day spring from on high. This is another um, prophetic name for Jesus uh, or the rising sun, if you like, day spring or rising sun. Uh, for that, um, you heard this again a week ago because I read to you the prophecy from Malachi chapter 4. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly, will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that will leave them neither root nor branch. But to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness, there it is, shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like um, stall-fed calves, trampling the wicked, etc. So there, the Son of Righteousness, the day spring from on high, right, to give light which is what uh, the sun does, of course, but here, um, metaphorically, to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace, right, spiritually speaking. A lot going on there, yeah. Thanks for the comment there, uh, St. Paul, Sheboygan Falls, appreciate that. Um, yeah, we do this every day, and uh, all, all sorts of people benefit from it. Um, it's intended first for our congregation, but by extension, then, um, all those who would uh, appreciate it are free to join in. All right. So again, the birth of John the Baptist was a sign that the Messiah would soon come to his people. For this sign was the mark of God fulfilling the prayers of his people to send forth the Messiah as he had promised to Abraham and the rest. The debate over the child's name directed our attention to the importance of the grace of God, which first called Abraham to faith and then marked him with the sign of circumcision. That no one among the baby's relatives bore his name, John, points us to the new family, which will be gathered around the preaching of the grace of God. It is this grace of God which opens our lips to declare his praises before the nations, like they did Zechariah. So we also sing with Zechariah of God's faithfulness to his word to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. All right. Uh, our hymn this week is Comfort, Comfort Ye My People, again of John, and uh, appointed, for, appointed for us in particular stanza one and two. So let's sing those.
tell her that the sins I cover at her warfare now is over. Yea, her sins our God will pardon, blotting out each dark misdeed. Suffered many heartache. Now her griefs have passed away. God will change her pining sadness into her springing gladness. Okay, we'll continue with prayer. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son that by his coming we may be enabled to serve you with pure minds. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, you generously give daily bread to us and even to all evil evil people without our prayers. You richly and daily provide us with everything that we need to support us in our body and life. Lead us to realize this, that we may receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Pray today for the preaching of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for its spread throughout the whole world, for the persecuted and for the sick and dying. We also pray for the households of our church this week with Dan and Bonnie, Christine, Dick and Corey, Wendy, Jerry and Marcella, and Jim. Pray for our catechumens, Wyatt, James, Aaliyah, Cole, Lydia, Charlie, Kaylee, and Kimberly. Pray for all those who are ill, receiving treatment, or recovering, especially Ralph, Allison, Joe, Dennis, Len, Christopher, Sophie, and Brad, Ron, Carol, Doug, Donna, Joan, Sandy, Owen, and Wendell. Merlin, who I understand will be having uh, an operation today. Jolene, whose surgery is next week. And District President Willie. Also pray for our homebound. Again, Marcy, Dan, Lenore, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially that of a place of refuge. And for the family and friends of Walt, who grieve his death, we pray. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That's our congregation of prayer for today, Friday, December 15th, 2023. It's good to have you with us here, either morning, afternoon, noon, night, whenever you're watching um, or listening. And I hope it's been a blessing to you and to have such a meditation upon God's word and to sing and to pray and to confess together. Um, uh, I'm going to be driving this afternoon to go uh, meet Ethan along his way. Uh, He got a ride to at least Wisconsin so I can drive across the state and try to uh, meet up with him and get him back here. So we'll have an organist for uh, the holiday as he's in town. Thanks be to God for that. Um, Let's see. And uh, also recording Band Books podcast today. So if you uh, 
are, are a listener to that and you want to join us live, uh, it's helpful because then you can interact like you can do here. Although the interactions have been more minimal as of late, but that's okay. Um, yeah, so you can interact uh, with whatever we're reading and with us, ask questions, that kind of thing. So if you want to join us live, uh, go find the link on YouTube. Um, otherwise, uh, we'll see you again in the morning as we'll prepare for Sunday's divine service. All right, God be with you all. Keep you safe. We'll see you again soon. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.